You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're talking about the top waiver wire targets for week three next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers here with Dan Schneier, and we're going to preview the week three waiver wire. Obviously, you can listen to the full episode of Fantasy Football today on Tuesday morning to get our full breakdown for each position and make sure you check out Jamie Eisenberg's uh, full waiver wire column on Tuesday morning on cbssports.com slash fantasy. But we're going to give you a little sneak peek. But first, we've got a double header from Monday night uh, to talk about. And it was kind of a couple of ugly games, two blowouts, the... Eagles dominated the Vikings, and the if the Eagles dominated the Vikings, whatever the Bills did to the Titans, uh, but deserves a different word. And we've got a double header of of running backs that I think people might be panicking a little bit about after Monday night. So we'll fire up the panicometer that I've stolen from Adam Azer, mm-hmm. and we'll ask you uh, about Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. Now to calibrate the panicometer, let's say a one is zero concern at all. I view him exactly the same as I did coming into the season, which is an elite running back. A 10 would be, oh my God, I might have to drop him. So I'm going to guess either (laughs) of these guys is a 10. But we'll start with Derrick Henry, who just didn't look particularly fast. He's averaging 3.1 yards per carry on 55 carries since coming back from that foot injury in the playoffs last year. Panicometer for Derrick Henry, Dan. I'd say a six for Derrick Henry because it just doesn't look like that Titans offense is the same juice it once had. Losing A.J. Brown from the mix is a big factor. He takes away a lot of defensive attention. It it forces defenders to account for him, especially the safeties that they're no longer accounting for. Robert Woods or Traylon Burks, to be completely honest right now. And more importantly, that offensive line is just not what it once was. Petit Freer at right tackle is not playing well, the rookie. And at left guard, they have another similar situation with an undersized player who shouldn't be in the lineup. So now they have a below average, maybe average at best offensive line. That changes a lot. So I'd say a six for me. Yeah, he got hit in the backfield a lot in this game. You know, I'm starting to think Buffalo was arguably the best defense in the NFL this season, but through two weeks, they kind of look like the kind of defense that just renders analysis moot about the other team just because they're so overwhelmingly dominant, especially along the defensive line, that it's just the Rams had no time to get anything going. The, The Titans had no time to get anything going. It might just be a really tough matchup, but... I'm not ranking Derrick Henry as a top 10 running back for week three. So maybe I'm overreacting, but I don't know. The case for him has always been that he's just a one of one physical outlier. And I'm not sure he's that guy anymore. So I'm definitely a little concerning. What about Dalvin Cook? He was good in week one, 90 yards on 20 carries, not elite, but pretty good. Three catches. This one only got six carries, 17 yards, four catches for 19 yards on six targets. Vikings had to abandon the run early, something they haven't really done in the past. Does that change how you view Dalvin Cook? So it's a tough one for me because coming into the season, I was much lower on him than consensus. So I guess I'll give it mm-hmm. a seven if that sounds fair. My issues with Dalvin Cook entering the season were everyone talked about how the Kevin O'Connell offense was going to be a good thing for him. I never saw it that way. The Clint Kubiak system was a perfect fit for his run style. And it was also, by the way, a much more efficient run system than the one the Ram or the sorry, the Vikings are trying to run right now. And so that concerned me to begin with. 
I'd never saw the passing game evolve at the role involving the way people projected. It certainly hasn't so far. So I remain concerned about cook. Uh, I'd probably give it a seven. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I, I have maybe a little bit less concern about Cook just because I think this offense is going to be a lot yes. better. So I think there's going to be more goal line opportunities for him moving forward. But, I mean, that Eagles defense also looked pretty special this week. So that, that was pretty impressive. We'll move on to the waiver wire targets. And, look, if you need a Trey Lance replacement at QB, sorry, make a trade. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't look like any good quarterbacks yeah, yeah. on the waiver wire right now. You got... You know, Jameis Winston in like the 75% range, but he's dealing with that back injury. You got Carson Wentz at 68%. If he's available, you know, I do rank him as a top like 14 QB for week three. So they've thrown the ball a bunch, dropped back to pass 98 times in the first two games. He's got a bunch of good weapons there. So I like him, but among guys who are widely available, I guess who would you rather have out of Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, or Ryan Tannehill? I mean, these are the options among <laughs> widely available quarterbacks. Short term, it's Mariota for me due to, the, due to the rushing upside and just what he's already shown. Long term, it's Jared Goff for me. I love what that Lions team has done from the offensive line standpoint. He has a really good connection with Amon Ross St. Brown that I don't see slowing down because Amon Ross St. Brown is that good. And he now yeah, has and Jamison Williams getting yeah, healthy right. and that exactly, in a few yep, weeks. Exactly. Yeah. So it's golf long term. But, you know, this leads me to come up with a point that you came up with during the offseason, Chris, that keeps resonating with me. The difference between these top end quarterbacks continues to grow. I tried to get cute in some leagues and go with like the Dak Prescott, Trey Lance type picks and wait. The leagues I did that versus the leagues I got Kyler Murray or, you know, Lamar Jackson or whatever it was, or Jalen Hurts, I feel so much better about those teams right now. I, I feel really good about my Josh Allen teams right now. I got to say, yeah. I got him in a handful of leagues, so that's pretty good. Let's move on to running back, and uh, I think the two top options, who would you rather have? Raheem Mostert, who was the lead rusher for Miami, got 11 carries in this week, or Tyrion Davis-Price, who, or uh, sorry, Jordan Mason. Tyrion Davis-Price had an ankle injury. Jordan Mason, widely available, didn't get many opportunities, hasn't actually played an offensive snap, but with Terry Davis Price going down with an ankle injury, he could be a compliment to Jeff Wilson. Would you rather have him or Raheem Mostert? It's Mostert for sure for me. For starters, Mostert actually had a pretty decent snap share in week one, despite not getting mm -hmm. a lot of touches. Secondly, I trust that Dolphins offense a lot more right now, which is crazy to say, but yeah. I do than the, than the 49ers. All right, and let's talk about some wide receivers. And I think these are the the top waiver wire options, no matter what you need. Yep. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, both rookie wide receivers who are available in about 50% of leagues. Garrett Wilson, two touchdowns in week two, could have had a couple of more, was targeted two more times in the end zone and tackled at the two on another play. And then Chris Olave had the third most air yards for any player in the PFF era going back to 2000. Jameis Winston was just chucking the ball downfield to him. There is huge upside in that offense. Or Curtis Samuel, who has been a top 12 wide receiver in yeah. fantasy. He's also pretty widely available. Which would you rather have? I want all three of them. Yeah, kudos to you, Chris, because Samuel is definitely not widely available in any year leagues. But <laughs> look, I'll put Samuel first because of the role, and I always chase volume here. But mm -hmm. you can make a case for any of these dudes. Like Garrett Wilson is an insane talent that's getting open on a consistent basis and yeah. already has a clear-cut red zone role. And Olave, like you said, nearly broke records for air yards. Like, I think it was the rookie record for air yards. Yeah. And air yards, just for people who don't know, that that's intended. Or do you have the better explanation on air yards? I'm yeah, sorry. it's, it's yeah. just how far down the field the target was yep. when it was thrown to you. So, and, you know, if you were 30 yards down the field, that's 30 air yards and downfield targets lead to fantasy points. We know that. So you can make a case for all three. I'll go Samuel Wilson Olave, but I love all of them. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of all three of them. If I can get them on any of my teams, I think they all have top 20 wide receiver upside moving forward. So that's going to do it for fantasy football today in five. It was maybe more like fantasy football today in eight this (laughs) episode. But, you know, we'll try to cut it back tomorrow. We'll see you then. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.